Hello and welcome to episode 170 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good man, pretty good. Good, good. We are back again. Uh, the sort of the year is slowly coming to an end, isn't it? Um, no. Mid-November. We've still got a few more films to get through, especially there's a, quite a few on our backlog, actually. We're, we're very Fright excited. Fest never out. ends. Exactly, yeah. And it's continuing this week, in fact. Um, we have another one that we was on our radar at Fright Fest and we didn't get a chance to see, um, but has since been released. So we're talking Satanic Panic this week. Mm. Um, Fangoria, been- isn't it? Yeah, Fangoria produced, um, and so, uh, yeah, this has been out for a, a little while now, so I think a lot of people will have already seen this one. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we'll get to all that good stuff later on, but first, there is a little bit of news, actually, in the past couple of weeks. Um, obviously, it has been very quiet lately, but there's been some things to talk about. Uh, some of these, unfortunately, we have to talk about. Um, starting with this first one, which apparently Bloody Disgusting uh, exclusively reported this last week, that um, they are developing a new Scream movie. Mm. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I could have sworn this happened, like, we, this almost got announced, and then I saw it hit the news again, and I thought, yeah. oh, well, it must be that it was rumoured before or whatever, but... What's the fatigue, isn't it, in general? Yeah. Like, because it's the same company, apparently it's, they're called Spyglass, and you can you guys can look up the logistics, because I, I honestly was nearly fell asleep reading it. Um <laughs> But it's the same old stuff of, you know, oh, they picked up because uh, Dimension Films are the property is Hellraiser and Spyglass are the people that are supposedly remaking Hellraiser as well. And we mm-hmm. talked about that in the past. Um, so, yeah, like they've apparently got the rights to scream. Um, Kevin Williamson at this stage is not involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is unclear whether it's a remake or whether it's going to continue the canon, whether it's going to remotely reference the TV shows um, or anything <laughs> like that. Um but, As uh, you just said, all of those, I was just like, each one of them sounds rough. I mean, yeah. the thing mm-hmm. that would hurt my soul the most is a continuation of the story. Like, if you're going to make a Scream movie, just just reboot it. Don't don't tread on, like, Scream 4. Don't try and carry on from there. Because it's going to end bad. This, I think, is one of the only franchises where like, I genuinely have zero want for another Scream. Yeah. In the slightest. Um I hate coming across like the grumpy old man and I feel like um, I guess I'm just going to age into that eventually because that you know that's something that we're very much against is like people Mm. saying like oh you know they up in arms about any new you know take on a franchise and I feel like we are the more open-minded horror fan but I just don't I don't want to see a new scream at all something something like this is massively difficult because you've got you know ip like hellraiser that you just spoke about that is so ripe like you could to remake it you can't get so many different ways you know but you can get so many different ways because you focus on the selling bites do you go back to julia do you kind of what do you do with it but there are tons of different stories you know freddy is such an interesting character you know that you could go back to for nightmare on elm street but with with scream it is a slasher movie the thing that makes it unique is the quirks of Ghostface in that original uh, four movies. You know the slasher references, the the kind of all all of that parody stuff and that side of things. If you remake it, if you don't do that stuff, it doesn't feel like Scream. So then, why not just make a slasher movie? If you try to do that again do you become more parody and scary movie like it just seems like the window of this working would be really tiny you mm-hmm. know even a franchise like saw like if saw got rebooted and completely start from starting again from the ground up like i'm willing to see what direction they take with it but something like scream i just don't know where the unique side of it is because if you take 
the quirkiness and all of those things out of it um it's just a guy in a mask you know it's not anything else yeah like the screen um, worked for the time and the place yeah. when it happened and what it was trying to reference whereas yeah well, it, it then becomes what the tv show Sydney. is isn't it where yeah, that exactly. was just a guy in a mask and it was you know we, we quite liked the first couple of seasons but yeah. it was just a teen yeah, slasher it series it was just no. fun. yeah um and we haven't really talked about it on the show but like that most recent incarnation which obviously happened yeah, this year oh my God. like you got through it right yeah i watched it i watched it all in about a night and a half because i just had to see it through to the end yeah. and it's the worst thing i've seen this year hands down that the is remotely horror related like it was so bad it so like aggressively pissed me off while i was watching it the entire time up mm. until kind of the, the real I mean, slap in the face at the end like it's so bad and again now we're at a point where similar to hellraiser really where i'm like in part of me is like you know what it can't get any worse but it can because it's not a film and no one fucking yeah, exactly. saw it so it's literally irrelevant because no one like no one watched that screen tv i mean the, 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 the biggest criticism i can give that tv show is that i stopped watching it and <laughs> this year i'm still watching walking dead and i watched the puppet master movies it's but unbelievable I stopped watching the scream tv show so that, 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 I mean, like that the biggest, yeah that's the biggest like <laughs> that's, dig i've ever heard that's, that's because fuck you i can give something <laughs> and you love scream so the fact you would watch any old shite like <laughs> yeah, exactly the fact that you stopped now i had to see it through because i had to just know and now that i know that everyone involved with that should not ever make anything yeah. horror related ever again i mean um, it was one of those things where because it was so hype the opening when when you got like candy man versus oh, Ghost so Babes, and i was like oh my god like what are they doing are we getting mm. like a oh, is, this, is this gonna be a fucking versus thing and then it just <laughs> like it went from like okay sir you have my interest to i want to gouge my eyes out in in, a, in roughly 10 minutes yeah, I've, I would recommend if that's on YouTube or something for people oh, to yeah, look it up because scene, it's yeah. and there is a couple of scenes later on in the series, but it's so weird that like yeah, we kind of got a Candyman versus Screamface in this in this version of the show, mm. um, but yeah, it was it, it's so bad or Ghostface, but yeah, it was, it was just awful. Like don't don't watch it. Um, so yeah, if that's my that's my thoughts on the new Scream. I just genuinely don't want it in the slightest. I like i don't care who's attached there isn't anyone i can think of that i even want them to try and waste their time you know and waste their magic trying to make scream relevant right now no i mean like, i adore Williams those movies guy, you know if, if he thinks he's got an idea mm. then but That's i just true. don't know where he goes because if he wants to continue the franchise i really don't want that and he's got to have a really good idea and then you gotta get the cast back and that cast is difficult to get back you know in 2019 yeah um you know so that's a difficult ask if he's got an idea to reboot it fine but that seems even less likely so he's the only guy that i'd want to be behind it otherwise it has if he got on board it would pique my interest yeah that's true actually i just can't <laughs> i don't see him ever getting involved no, with that whereas I, I don't think he was involved in any of the tv shows at all um no. and i don't know what he's been doing lately but i feel like he's done quite well doing a lot of different tv shows you know outside of horror mm. so i can't see why he would want to write the screenplay but like you say if he has a love for it and he has an idea then yeah i'd be interested um Next up is a is a trailer, which I'm just going to quickly reference it in there because it's a movie that we're excited for, but I don't think either of us actually saw this trailer, <laughs> um, which is for The Invisible Man. Um, yep, did not yeah. see it. 
No, I didn't watch it either. I saw it was two and a half minutes, and I was like, with something like The Invisible Man, obviously based upon a property that I'm you know aware of, so I already kind of know the the general gist of it. I don't need to see like the cool set pieces ruined in a trailer. Um, mm-hmm. Any sort of cool spatial stuff they do with the kind of The Invisible Man stuff, I just don't even want to see it in a trailer. Um, and obviously, I'm going to have to avoid it a lot. Um, not too much because this is out at the end of February, yeah, um, which is cool. Um, and we are starting to get these trailers now, which which was kind of what what piqued my interest because I feel like man, we we're, we're very close to getting like a Quiet Place two trailer uh, oh, and shit. a Saw trailer. Um, mm. Because when is a Quiet Place <laughs> delayed like, or was it still March? No, I like, think it's still like March April time, isn't it? That's yeah, so I feel way. like I think we're in a matter of oh, weeks that's, that's we're gonna voice, get. Man. That yeah, we're box. gonna get that. Um, man, and then yeah, well, that Saw one's gonna be weird as well. That's gonna be something. <laughs> I mean, the the the, the Invisible Man like. I just hope it's Hollow Man. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just get get me some Kevin Bacon, like you know. I mean, Hollow I just Man's awesome. It, I think it'll be really awesome because yeah, Lee Winnell is a, is a fun director, and I, I'm a huge fan of obviously the two main cast members. I don't know who else is in it, um, but mm. Elizabeth Moss obviously, and then uh, Oliver Jackson Cohen from Haunted of Hill House. Like, yeah, I love be. both them so yeah, much, and awesome. I want to see them do more genre stuff. So yeah, I can't wait for that. I um, forgot that Kevin Williamson did the following. Oh, yeah love the following he's done like a lot of tv mm, yeah that's what he, that's what i was looking at he's been doing a lot of tv recently yeah so he's he's happy yeah. um yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah next up on the list this is this is a weird one this came out of nowhere um some tremors news in <laughs> fact <laughs> the tremors news oh this is this is bizarre so yeah for people that don't know, my mind we we love a good tremor. Um, we've obviously covered at least one on the show, right? <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. <laughs> um, I can't. Did we talk about the one before that? I, I don't I, think we did. I, I don't think we did a show on it. I mean, we, we did a cold day in hell. Saw it. The last yeah, one. we yeah we did that. I don't. I, I assume the other one was when we were doing the show, but I don't think we. I don't know. When did the other one come out? I'll look it up later, but I don't. Yeah. I don't think we did. But it, either way, I I, I really enjoyed the last one quite a bit, and um, they're just they always they're always fun to me. Like they always we love, deliver. We love those characters and that world, and um, we already knew that they were they were going to go ahead. Like they've kind of got mm-hmm. this this kind of um, mode of making these movies now. Like I think it's the same director who's done the last three now, um, yeah. and they've been this very you know limited straight to DVD type budget horror. Um, yeah, and it's kind with, of what the Wrong Turn franchise did yeah. know, a few years back, where they just managed to find that sweet spot of VOD kind of. It's what what Hell House is doing right now as well. You know? Yeah, um, and yeah, Michael Gross is obviously back. Um, he's yeah. been in pretty the much one and only. at this point. Yeah, um, but Jamie Kennedy's not return of this one because mm. he's in the last two, which is a yeah. shame because I really enjoyed him. Yeah, um, me too. But they they kind of put out just like a random cast list with all the photos <laughs> of the people on Tremors yeah. uh, Seven, and lo and behold one and only richard breakers on there um, jesus christ just out of nowhere like he didn't even tell us he could have no. told us he was in a tremors movie <laughs> yeah well, we um, asked him what he had upcoming and everything and he's like you're sitting on a tremors movie mate like, i feel what? like this i feel like this happened very recently <laughs> um yeah. So yeah if you want to if you want to let us know oh, what's going on richard then please let us know but um yeah. this is oh, i hope he's got i hope he's got a major part in it like, yeah just, just hope you know. I want to see him going up against uh, uh, what's his name, 
Burt Gummer. Burt Gummer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to see him take down Burt Gummer. Oh, this is just brilliant. Like we, we were always going to watch a Tremors movie anyway, but this all but guarantees that it's now one of our most anticipated. So <laughs> <laughs> hope you guys, hope you guys enjoy that. Is this a new hype train? <laughs> I mean, you, you can die on this hill. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think I'm all right. I'll save it for other battles. Um, <laughs> Is there a new Leprechaun movie coming? Because that's where uh, I'll die. Um, breaking Leprechaun. Could but, you imagine yeah. it? <laughs> oh, God. That would be sick. Um, uh. <laughs> don't get me excited. <laughs> but yeah, this was, just, this was just great news overall. Like, after some real yes. bummer news with the Scream stuff, like, this yeah. really was the pick-me-up that I needed. Um, yeah, I want, I want more Richard in movies. I want more Travis movies. You know, win-win exactly um and yeah the next one we haven't talked about like box office stuff in ages um but i did want to mention it because obviously there's been a lot of talk over the last few years about horror and it is performed obviously really well Mm. stuff like it breaking out just smashed it yeah yeah so i wanted to talk about this and then i wanted to talk a bit about um it yeah exactly joker's just doing ridiculous like it looks like it's about to hit a billion which is Mm. insane um but uh dr sleep is done very very poorly um Mm. It seemed like people knew this was going to happen. I saw when, and obviously they know because they can track these sort of things way before it actually happens. But I saw like Mike Flanagan was very much out there. Obviously, we got to see it a week mm-hmm. early prior to the US release. But reading his tweets on launch day, it very it had like an underline of like um you know yeah, miserable acceptance it. to yeah. it, which I was disappointed to see. Yeah. Where he was kind of he was already retweeting and liking a lot of people that were saying you know this movie's great, doesn't matter about the box office, yada yada yada. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a bit of a weird yeah. attitude to have. Like when the movie's opening, and yeah, clearly they knew. Um, because it was tracking to do about 30 million in the States and it underperformed massively and did, did under half of that at 14 million. Really? Wow. Um, yeah. And it's already done 20 million in elsewhere. Cause obviously it came out in other territories. So it's done about 34 million so far. Yeah. Um, obviously that's only one opening weekend in the U S yeah. um, with other territories as well. Um, but that's not good at all. Um, especially because people have been saying it only costs to make this much, but I was like, my God, this movie is expensive. Um, apparently this movie costs $45 million. Yeah. Which is mad for a horror movie. Yes, definitely. You know, yeah, we talk about thing. a lot. People, people that follow the box office ordinarily are looking at like goddamn Marvel and Disney budgets. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, what, what did it have as a budget? Yeah, well, so the the first it movie it was yeah. reported at thirty five million. Yeah, um, and like that was the one you can't find it. <laughs> no, well, that, obviously that movie's nuts, but they, yeah. they they could spend on that movie because the other one made a bucket load. Um, yeah, we'll get to but, that. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's a shame, man, because this movie mm. deserves to be seen. But it was always a hard sell because they're like, yeah. The Shining was not like this critical darling. It is. The, the film you know and it was mm-hmm. 30 o- over 30 years ago so yeah. it's kind of and it's called dr you know, sleep like. <laughs> we love the shining yeah but yeah that's the thing as well you've got to keep people's eyeballs in front of it that you know you're yeah. looking you know the 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 quintessential person that just walks into a cinema and is like right i want to go see a horror movie that dr yeah. sleep what the fuck's that? yeah we see that all the yeah. time people genuinely yeah. just look at the titles and, and yeah. pick something you know if this was called shining too it would make mm-hmm. more money you know yeah. um definitely yeah, like it, it probably would have doubled. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. It probably would have doubled what it got if it was called Shining Two. 
which yeah i mean which just, just in general movies aren't doing that well this time of year like this is a shit time to release a movie um yeah. it, i did you see the terminator <laughs> was bombed as well um, yeah yeah i was just like oh at least we're not gonna have to see another trilogy <laughs> yeah so that that one was like it, it's still i don't want to see a movie like, no, I, that hard, because... but I was still like oh I'm, I'm kind of glad that they're not going to continue on this thread so i don't have to watch it um yeah just selfishly um but yeah, uh yeah, yeah but this, this one was this massive this is... shame because this is flanagan's like big kind of you know theatrical release as well isn't it you know he's been doing Netflix stuff for a while and it's yeah it, it bums me out that he didn't get the success he deserves and then also the eyeballs this movie deserves because it's still just in my mind constantly yeah definitely like the renaissance he's had obviously through netflix with like his mm-hmm. last two movies with hush and gerald's game and obviously haunting the Hill house like it's always fascinating to see like will that translate on the big screen yeah um with a much bigger budget and obviously this case it just it hasn't in the slightest i was actually looking up his previous movies because i wondered if he was a director that just hadn't had a lot of success in cinemas mm-hmm. and that's not actually the case like his other movies were obviously a lot smaller yeah, like, we did well didn't they yeah we Origin of evil had a budget of around nine million and did 81 million which is obviously yeah great for a horror movie yeah. um and oculus before that um similarly five million dollar oh, yeah, budget well, well, and it? made 45 million mm. um, so both of those you know did way over their budget this really is like a massive step down for him in terms of mm. that success and like you say for a guy who's uh, you know upward trajectory in terms of what we think of him as a filmmaker the reviews of all of his stuff and everything like that and it just hasn't translated and that's such a shame because we've obviously seen like the other film directors that we love be massively rewarded in the cinema over the last couple of years yeah um even the smaller stuff like ari aster's stuff doesn't yeah unfortunately um but like ari aster's stuff doesn't make a shit ton of money but like it's making so much more money than what he's producing it for um whereas this really is like a wow they gave him a big budget and it does worry me because this was obviously part of like a big company and i wonder if he is just going to go back to like netflix now where it's more safer a shame you know be, but i mean it's a giant budget isn't it like yeah. you know i don't really know what like because it half the time that's not even included in advertising i was gonna say because they always look at it and they go oh you should be able to make 50 percent on top of that to break even mm. um so somewhere around 60 million would be like okay-ish and yeah they're yeah. way off that right now um mcgregor doesn't come cheap no it's it's a shame um yeah. it's really disappointing yeah just going off the back of that we, we just mentioned it i wanted to bring that up because i've not seen anyone talk about it and anytime i see people you know talking about something and then and then it goes quiet i'm like well, why is that so i looked it up because obviously with it chapter one everyone was constantly saying about how well it did at the cinema yeah it was what is it about 800 wasn't it uh it did 700 million worldwide oh, okay yeah um which was obviously outrageous for a horror mm. movie at the time and all of that stuff and what we know about people that, that if you follow remotely box office sequels always do better especially if they're popular you know like a superhero sequel or just any yeah. sequels in general that's yeah, where the yeah. big money is <laughs> um you know it doesn't matter if they're getting you know good or bad stuff like the pirates of the caribbean movie oh yeah well, look at the fast the furious movies yeah. And yeah they'll just always make more money because more people have seen them so you've got you've generated more fans and so going into it chapter two with the cast they had i i saw way more advertising for chapter mm. two than i did chapter oh, one yeah. um clearly they were pegging this movie i think to be huge and at yeah, least they wanted to top. Hit, yeah, they, they wanted to top the first movie for sure. Yeah. Um, the movie's currently obviously it's only been out for well, it's been out for sixty eight days, so we're probably not going to get much Getting more than this. Yeah. Um, but it's made four hundred sixty two million worldwide, right? Um, which again, fantastic number, <laughs> yeah. obviously. For a horror what, movie, what like, a flop. <laughs> Yeah, like compared to what we just talked about, like we're talking about Doctor Sleep only making 30 million. Um, This made 462 million. You know, that is a fuck ton. Um, 
but you know that is a lot less that's like almost mm -hmm. half um of the previous movie or, or about two-thirds of the previous movie mm -hmm. and i, I think that's got to have half sweat bro yeah, yeah no i was gonna say it did make <laughs> I, I still think it was 900 million um but yeah 700 million um but yeah like i don't think that's good I, i'm very no. surprised and i don't think obviously people aren't going to come out here and say it's a flop because that's a ridiculous thing yeah i think i think the investors the people that were getting that payday Mm. will be disappointed from it you know they've yeah. still got a payday they've got a great payday but they thought yeah. they were getting a mega payday well and i, I think... mean they, they probably got a mega payday but they thought they were getting a you know super yeah. mega payday well yeah because like you say there's the production budget isn't listed here and the movie looks way more expensive than the mm. first movie the advertising yeah. was through the roof the acting talent involved was through the roof like yeah i pegged this movie at least a 50 to 80 million dollar budget and yeah i'd say so i mean it wouldn't surprise if all in it got towards six figures you know with yeah. the marketing and everything else because you think you've got to pay to retain the original cast and then you've yeah. got a sick new cast as well so you've got you what you've got like 14 leads in this movie yeah and it was yeah. a way, like you say, it was a way bigger film, a lot longer yeah. film. They shot a lot more clearly, you know, so the pre-production was a lot longer. Like this movie was obviously a success still, but I do think that's an important context to talk about when talking about Dr. Sleep as well, mm. because if it chapter two, which had everything going for it, wasn't like, say, obviously wasn't a failure, but I don't think it was anywhere near what people thought it was going to do. I think that's an important note that maybe horror this time of year just isn't doing what people were expecting. Um, mm. You know, in general, like I said, I don't think people are going out to see films right now um, unless it's got a Disney logo slapped on it. Um, so I'm, I'm just curious what what's going to be the case going forward. Because earlier in the, on in the year, you know, Us did really well. Um, mm. And I think that stands out even oh, more someone. now when you look at the context of, ev of everything else that's happened mm. this year. Um, you know, I, I, all I'm saying is I think Saw is not going to do well <laughs> next year. <laughs> because releasing Saw in bloody May or whenever it is, like, no one's going to pay to watch that in May. Like, I still don't believe that movie's real. <laughs> no, I don't either. Um, believe or hope. Same thing. Yeah. But yeah, that was just an interesting one. There was a lot yeah. to that news story, so it was a pretty long one. But we haven't yeah. talked about box office stuff in ages. And obviously, it's not, not the most relevant, but in terms of like the horror community um, as a whole, I do think it's interesting to talk about, especially given you know 2017 and 2018, people were constantly talking about box office figures for horror and how it was at an all-time high. Yeah. And people aren't really talking about it right now. So I think it's an important thing to put out there. Um, but yeah, should we talk about this week's film? Let's do it. Let's talk about Satanic Panic. So yeah, obviously like what we said at the start of the show, um, at Frightfest this year, um, mm. and then obviously a Fangoria-produced movie, um, I think it's only their second one uh, since they sort of came back. Yeah, I think so. Uh, with the first one being your old friend, Puppet Master. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this was an Arrow release as well. I mean, like it's we not about top, a couple of weeks ago. It's not going to top Puppet Master, let's be honest. But No, that's know. like your all-time favourite, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and, and was... an Arrow release. Like, this is ticking a lot of boxes yeah um yeah so that was why it was clearly on our radar and a lot of people i know had seen it and it looked a lot mm. of fun um mm -hmm. so yeah that's kind of why we checked it out really because there's a lot yeah there is a lot we want to check out in the next couple of weeks so uh yeah we have to be a little bit choosy this time of year we're normally like scrapping and we're like yeah. what rubbish movie earlier in the year did we choose not to watch that we're just going to watch now it's come out on demand whereas now yeah. i'm like we we spoke the other day we've got like 10 movies and we haven't got that many weeks left until year end yeah um but yeah satanic panic was definitely one that i was pretty excited for um 
basically a pizza delivery girl on her first day. Was she called Samantha? I think yeah. Sam. Yeah, oh, of course, because yes. the, the rule of thumb. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, this is the first time that I've like uh, instantly remembered a character's name. <laughs> yeah, of course, because the rule of thumb. Yeah, her first night as a pizza delivery girl uh, gets tasked going to this kind of very rich kind of neighborhood um, and stumbles across um, a um, satanic uh, ritual and ends up getting kind of caught in the middle of it, really. And uh, mayhem ensues. Mm. Absolute mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's not really much more to say to that. I mean, it's pretty goddamn simple what this movie, you know, what the synopsis is. And it kind of just goes for it. Yeah. It doesn't take a long um, time wasting your time. This is a very lean, short movie. Um, yeah, we don't need to know Sam's backstory. She's she's broke. She needs the job. She needs mm. money. She goes delivers pizza. Well, the thing I liked is you, you find out about her through the course devil. of the movie, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, you do. You know, they don't just yeah, waste loads of time at the start. Like. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, I you know it it got going straight away. Um, oh, the the kind of one of the big wins going into this as well when I saw the casting, obviously our boy Jeff Daniel Phillips in the movie. Yeah. Um, I had no idea until I was watching this. Yeah, which is awesome. Obviously, yeah. uh, Jerry O'Connell I knew was in it mm. from Scream fame, Scream yeah. 2 fame, which was awesome. Um, I didn't realise that um, uh, Ruby Medine was in it yeah. as well. Obviously, uh, Happy Death Day. So, yes. Like as this movie was unfolding, I knew about I knew about our boy Jeff, but kind of as these other characters popped up, um, I was yeah, I was buzzing. Yeah, this um, movie had such a good cast, like really surprisingly, mm. because yeah, I'd seen like the artwork that's very cartoony, and I hadn't picked up on too many of the faces. Um, yeah. I remember going like, oh, that looks like the guy from Scream Two, and that was about the yeah. only one that I like yeah, vaguely I recognized. Up on him, but not the other two. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So it was really cool to actually watch it. And, like, wow, this has a lot of familiar faces from the genre mm. that I'm like really into yeah definitely definitely um yeah and i mean um do you want me to go into what i think in this movie or? yeah go for it yeah i mean i i enjoyed this movie like it, it, was, it was what i wanted um i think it's quite interesting because obviously um shit what's it called the um hide and seek what the hell is it called uh, the, what, ready or not ready or not thank you yeah. god i was drawing a blank there um <laughs> ready or not came out at fright fest as well and it's kind of like a, it's a very similar movie mm. it's got this comedic thread to it and everything else and i was left a little bit disappointed by that whereas this one just kind of delivered on what it wanted to do like it it leaned on the fact that um these people are worshiping the devil and weird things are happening because of it um it leads in kind of early on that it's kind of the source of them being rich but it also kind of leads into um you know supernatural over the top things pretty much like 20 minutes in um which i respected because then it then it had the freedom to go batshit crazy mm. um it, and kind of like when we got to the combination towards the end i was like wow you guys are going nuts and like <laughs> i just had a good time with it like i really enjoyed the lead like i thought um she she did a really good job of keeping like with all these other eccentric characters keeping things quite grounded i liked her kind of dry sarcasm um when ruby showed up i loved those two together um and yeah for me i, I just had a good time like it mm. hit me like you know 
watching watching the blu-ray just sat at home i was having a chuckle and it it put me in a good mood like it made me laugh it made me kind of feel uncomfortable with some of the scenes and we got some really good gore which we've kind of you know two movies in now it's become like the staple of these fangoria presents that you're going to go over the top gore which is awesome um you know it was the standout thing for puppet master and it's prevalent in this movie and it's for me what elevates this above ready or not is that we got that gore and the the comedy of this movie was more it wasn't so much one-liners it was just dry wit so when it didn't Mm. land it didn't feel uncomfortable I didn't yeah. feel like they'd given me a pause for laughter. It was just like, oh, okay, you said something dry there. I didn't laugh at it, but that's okay. And, um, yeah, I, I just had a really good time. Yeah, well, really they, they play it. it straight pretty much throughout mm. the whole thing. Obviously, it does get slightly wacky, but I don't think the characters are never, yeah, they're never reacting to it in a silly way. No, exactly. So, like you say, if you don't find it funny, it's fine because you're still just watching it for the story and yeah. the horror. Um, and then w- if the laughs are there, great. It's just like an added bonus. Yeah, I find it weird that it's been tagged as a comedy as heavily as it has. Yeah. Um, because I don't yeah, really I think it, it is. Yeah, because yeah, I, I would not describe it as a comedy, you know, in any of my descriptions of it, really. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, I, I like this movie uh, quite a bit as well. It, it, it wasn't anything crazy for me. Um, I just I thought it was entertaining, really, for I. Mm. And it's, uh, you know, that sometimes can come across like, oh, you, you didn't adore this movie. But no, I, I, I thought it was entertaining. Like I said, I agree with you in terms of it did what it needed to do. Um, it got to the point straight away. I immediately knew what the gist of the movie was. Kind of they set up our kind of, I guess, our two lead protagonists and then our one antagonist. And I kind of knew all their motivations and all that stuff. Um, enjoyed all of their interactions together. Mm. And yeah, like it's, it was like an hour and 21, 22 minutes before yeah, credits, like that. Yeah. Um, which was great. Um, even then it was, like it only had one slight lull uh, before it picked up before the finale for me where I was like, yeah, okay. when Salmon, uh, ruby's character were kind of together for a while and i was like my god those two have been together for a while and nothing's really kicked off and it that took a while didn't it yeah it was just a small part because you were ready for the fly to happen mm. um even though i agree with you where like i love their interactions together and yeah those two my together favorite scenes awesome. yeah. of the movie and yeah like all the performances were awesome mm-hmm. um obviously our lead was great because she was in it so much and i really yeah. liked our lead villain as well um yeah she every- was awesome pretty much everyone else it was just a case of i needed more from them um you know or yeah. i guess i wanted more because jerry o'connell is yeah. not in the movie that much and he was great like i oh, loved that amazing. scene yeah, and that was, was probably amazing. the funniest scene for me as well yeah. i think he he has a great comedic value that he brings to something um, yeah with his face you know he just kind of like got this grin on his face and you just like can't help but laugh with him and you know it was yeah. just kind of silly how that scene scaled up it was like it was kind of like i could see the way he was going and then he went yeah. Yeah. and i was like whoa <laughs> like, yeah, and it was like it was a really creepy disturbing scene one of the most messed up really in the whole film but it was, the, it was probably it was the really, most messed up yeah but he but it was because of the fact that he portrayed it in such a comedic way i feel like that's yeah. how they get away with that because otherwise it could have felt really like seedy and uncomfortable mm. but it was again it comes from the great performance of yeah. him that it was kind of like oh this is this is gross but it is kind of funny because it's him doing it yeah um so i really like that and then the other one being jeff daniel phillips who is mm. is really not that in the movie at all no that was a disappointment and again Definitely. that's obviously a, a personal preference because i'm such a huge fan of his but it was weird seeing him in the background so much 
um, yeah. because he's a guy that we just know can be like the lead. You know, we know that he can steal the show in a genre movie and to have someone that talented in the background. And who knows, that may happen in other movies yeah. where we just we just don't know how talented they are. But to see someone Tre- that Tremors great. comes along and Richard's just got two lines. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, and we do see that a little bit in horror when we have our favorites, obviously. But like, mm-hmm. he is a guy that we've literally seen, you know, carry movies before. Yeah. And so to see him literally have maybe less than uh, yeah, 10 half, lines half in the whole film lines, and um, it, it was that was the weirdest thing for me and it was my d- biggest disappointment because i yeah. wanted more of him because we know how awesome he is i love yeah. that he was this kind of sadist and kind of fully embracing the cult and kind of had some things happen to him and he just didn't get chance to react as much as i wanted yeah you know, I, I kind of wanted just to see him where he went prop would just go proper off the rails because at least we got that with o'connell yeah, I was expecting that, to be honest. Yeah. And then it's kind of like his character never really got any sort of outcome, did it? Yeah. Just I remember in the finale thinking, like, where where is he? Like, is he still yeah. in this at this point? Because yeah, it exactly. gets a little bit jumbled towards the end mm. and you can't really and figure out. And I was like, out. oh, he really was just a background character. Yeah. Like, you realise who you got there. Like, using yeah, it was a weird. Yeah, it was a weird choice. But yeah. um, And then Ruby as well, I thought was brilliant. Um, oh, Ruby was amazing. Obviously, we we knew her from Happy Death Day, and I loved that that was such a different role to what she plays here. Yeah. Like couldn't be further from the from from the same, and I think we've talked about a lot with a few actors lately. Where like I love the ones where we know how brilliant they are, so let them do different stuff. And it was like again, you already brought up Ready or Not, but I feel like mm. with what uh, Samira got to do in that film, that was like exactly what I'd expect her to do. And so yeah, exactly. it that didn't shock me in the, it, in the in the yeah, it didn't shock me in the slightest because I was like, I know she can play this role. Um, I've mm. seen her play this role in multiple movies at this point. Um, so this was great for someone like Ruby who who played someone so dramatically different in Happy Death Day. Um, yeah, I just I thought she was brilliant like the cast in particular was something that really stood out to me of like yeah it was so th- this is a smaller production movie obviously um mm. with these like frangoria stuff and a lot <laughs> of stuff we see at fright fest in general is a smaller production um but it didn't feel it in terms of the cast because not only are they recognizable people they all killed it as well mm. and like even our lead who i wasn't aware of she was brilliant you know oh yeah no, she was um, awesome. so yeah I, re- I agree with you like and like you say the effects were great i i wanted a little bit more but then it's like like I say, coming from Puppet Master, where there was so much, maybe it felt like that this was a little you bit. You just can't down. get things as good as Puppet Master all the time, bro. <laughs> I think that's what I'm trying to say, basically. Yeah, I think um, it is. I mean, I could lend you a couple of Blu-rays. Like uh, I've got a few of the movies. You I know, think just, I'm all right. Just say the word. Just say the word, man. I'm not just ever going to say the word. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, like, like you say, th- this movie, it's, I don't think it's going to leave like a huge impression on me or anything like that. Um, obviously, we're at the end of the year now, so we've seen a lot of different horror movies at this point. Um, but I still think this is like a really, really entertaining one. Um, this, it's this, one this. that's going to go under the radar, probably. Yeah. I'm glad that a lot of people seem to have checked it out, even just when we put the tweet up about doing it this week. I think a lot of people have checked this out because mm. it was on, on demand. And obviously, maybe it was because of the Fright Fest stuff or probably more so Bangoria, to do with Bangoria I think, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm glad people have checked out. It shows yeah. that that Fangoria name will get eyeballs on smaller mm. releases. And that's awesome to see going forward. Because a movie like this, you know, would have been like uh, something like 68 Kill that we saw a couple of years yeah. back. I wonder if anyone will remember that one. Um, but we love that movie. Similar vibe, similar time. No one saw that movie because it was yeah. just it was straight to a random on-demand service. Um, and so I'm glad that more people are going to check out something like this. I think as well, something like this, it's got a weird name and yeah. it's got a... Um you know weird premise like going if i'd have not had the hype of kind of fright fest and fangoria behind it i don't know whether i'd have been as jazz like i yeah. bought this blu-ray day one like would i have done that otherwise no so like well, definitely you know, not if it wasn't right, one <laughs> you know got that right hype behind it uh which was awesome mm. i had, had, had a banging soundtrack as well yeah 
like some just some great kind of heavy music going on um is there any yeah. extras to speak of on the arrow um i didn't look massively i know it had um i think it had director's commentary oh that's good um i'm not quite that's sure you can I ask for really on like a new release it. yeah yeah um it's pretty decent for like because obviously it only just came out so they're not going to have any like look backs or anything maybe like no. a small behind the scenes would be good but yeah director's commentary is mm. nice so would, yeah because yeah this feels like a very personal movie so i'd like to hear what the director yeah thought well, because, making it. um it, oh it had like um her uh fright fest introduction as well on oh there. that's like, cool we, i like when they did, do that she did a fright fest video once a bit and so cool. that was on there which was cool oh nice well, like um, a little pre-recorded yeah. one because she wasn't there that's cool yeah yeah so that was on there and she kind of spoke about it how this is her love letter to um like sam raimi and evil dead but also like movies like society she mentioned mm. which yeah, i thought cool. was awesome um because obviously it's been so long since we've had this kind of commentary on the upper class and mm. the, their elitist being linked to something weird and obviously we got it in ready or not and then mm. we've got it again in this movie and like you have to compare the two because they've got yeah. so many similar things. I never even thought about like, it until you, you brought it up, and but it's a really good point. Like they are super they're, they're similar, especially with the similar, message. And you got ready or not, there was this big theatrical release, and this one that was more under the radar. And mm. like out of the two, I was more hyped for ready or not. Um, but coming out of them both, I love this one way more. Yeah. Um, you know, because it really does give this kind of you know, I I like the fact that kind of the the rich kind of um, say say this were kind of you know, they, they were not shy about what they were and they were just kind of like, well, how do you think we got so rich? Like, we worship the devil. And I was just like, oh, that's brilliant. Like, I just yeah. kind of loved that kind of side that they were playing and that, like, everyone in the neighbourhood were, were involved because they're like, well, we have to do these despicable things, but, hey, we, we're rich and we live in big houses. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I just kind of, I really like that as kind of a theme. And I, I feel like it's a theme that becomes has become more relevant again in the last couple of years. It's something that we all want to kind of see these people in their ivory towers kind of get knocked back a peg or two by the working mm. class girl. So it was just it was just a fun thing to watch. Yeah, this um, made it feel more natural and not like mm, as cringy like in Pretty or mm. Not, where there was those lines that really stood out yeah, to me. Yeah, I was going to say, because there were a couple of lines in Ready or Not that I can't quite remember now that really did stick out. Didn't oh, they? it was like the, you know what they say, the rich rich really are yes. different. Like, And then yeah. she was like, fucking rich people and the person drove off. Like, Trust me, those two lines are the only thing I'm going to remember from that piece of shit film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas like this one... You know, it just it just felt like because they they said something along the lines of, well, of course we worship the devil. That's how we got to be so rich. But it just mm. kind of it it felt better because it didn't feel like it wasn't quite a, as punchliney as that. It mm. was delivered less punchliney, and there wasn't like this pause while every character looked at the camera to see if he laughed. It yeah. just kind of the movie continued, and I was like, yeah, they're just like stuck up people that are up there and ass and like saying that sort of thing. The one, the one yeah, moment where the, the main character has sort of a moment of clarity and she really wants to like just let go at them verbally mm. is, is done in a way that is so played for last that I think it works because it's very much that kind of like insult yeah. comedy where it's just she's just stringing together nasty word after nasty word and she's just letting it go at him and it's mm. not it is done in a way that is so clearly like this is our, our part where where you know we're shouting at the elitists and we are getting yeah. back at them but they, they do it in such a comedy way that it, it fits I think in the tone of the movie yeah it's probably it isn't just like like oh here's the message moment. we get across yeah it was the most overtly comedy bit of the film yeah. really isn't it when she's yeah. having that outburst but it does it works for her character as well because her character has been like getting more and more pent up as the movie's gone on mm. and it just she she is outspoken you know she is confident because in the you know beginning of the film she's quite confident with the co-workers and 
you know, she's starting off and she's at the bottom, but she's not going to let people walk all over her. Mm. And when, when she talks about the tips and stuff, um, you know, she, she walks into their house to you know in the middle of them having what she thinks is just like a party mm. to ask them if they can all give her a tip i mean that's pretty ballsy like yeah. she's you know she's you know she's not shy and so i i think like um you know that then leading into her outburst worked um and mm. yeah i i kind of think the movie not not spoiling things but when it did go into that final act and it kind of kicked off and went batshit crazy it kind of scaled back a little bit towards the absolute final bit when we got our final little like the final kind of five or ten minutes Mm. and i really thought it was just going to amp it up to 10 and then go up to 11 but it kind of went back a little bit so i I do wish they'd kind of kept that pace up a little bit but um overall i was still satisfied like as credits rolled i wasn't left with disappointment i was just left with a smile on my face like that was that was a good time yeah, it was one of those ones, really, of when we watch these on-demand ones. Like, that's mm. that's the best feeling I can have, is that I didn't feel like I wasted my time. Mm. It wasn't a case of, like, oh, God, I have to watch this movie now. Like, yeah. it was it was just on. I didn't, at uh, no, no, no point did I feel like I needed to pause it or check the runtime. It was just, I put it on, it ended. I was like, wow, that was over quick. I, I enjoyed that. That was cool. Yeah. Um, and that was, that could, was pretty could, much it. And that's enough for me. I could see myself watching it again. Yeah. Like, and I think, um, you know, because we're, this year has been insane. And I think yeah. that's the problem. We are, how many movies have we done this year? Probably, you know, we must be getting, we're over 50, haven't we? That yeah, it's around 50, yeah. So, like, we've seen 50 horror movies for the show that we've talked about in detail. We have seen some good shit this year. Mm. So, when we see something that's not, like, going to be pushing for our year-end list, um, you know, because I don't think this movie will for me. It's not a million miles away, though. And I tell you what, previous years, it would have been there. That's the, that's the thing. Like yeah. this year is just so strong because you look at yeah. the movies that we've seen recently, especially some of the fright fest ones like this and Barge People and that sort of thing. They're mm. really fun, good movies that that had something a bit different, with entertaining, and did what it wanted to do with the budget it had. But I just, you know, this year is so strong that they're not going to make the the cut. But that doesn't mean they're not worth watching. They're great things to throw on. Yeah. It's really interesting with Fright Fest because mm. obviously we've watched a lot of stuff now from Fright Fest. Mm. Um, you know, obviously we watched ten movies at the festival. And I think we've watched something like six now mm. outside of the festival. Um, so that's like a good sixteen movies from that festival. And yeah, like overall the level of quality is really, really high. Yeah. Like we obviously saw a couple that we weren't too strong on. One in particular at the festival that I just really didn't enjoy. Mm. But outside of that, all the ones really. And we obviously we watched one before the festival, which we didn't like either. Um, but outside of that, like all the ones like you say that we've watched recently actually ready or not i forgot was it fright yeah. fest <laughs> yeah so not that one um but yeah like obviously um and i guess rabid was a mixed bag um i don't know maybe 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 they're not all great <laughs> yeah sucks man what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> my point was gonna be wow like the quality of fright fest I but i'll tell you what so let's though, let's move it back to satanic panic which is what it's all about i tell you well, what what a great film <laughs> no but even then like you know like rabid was not not bad and like no like a lot of these like uh, are stronger than most of the releases like most of these movies would be in our top half we've seen 50 movies and you know most of these are in our top half yeah. so i think like you know we have not seen many that are bad this year which is great and this this just goes into the 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 you know good pile that you should watch if you can which is yeah. uh, you know great really there's just been so many good movies like that 
It's um, a good point because we obviously we haven't watched many Netflix stuff this year, yeah, and God. we watched In the Tall Grass, um, mm. which was a disappointment as well. And that was one of the few that we were excited for and made a point to watch. Whereas yeah. there are new horror movies being added to Netflix every week. You know, you, yeah. we could do a podcast just for that, and my God, that'd be a painful experience. Oh, man, um, you think we're but, well, you think we're grumpy fucks now? My <laughs> God, <laughs> but like, so that would be so. Like what you said, the fact that these are the movies we want to see, and mm. most of them are really enjoyable the ones that you see at fright fest are great because they're the ones that are keeping us entertained now in these slow weeks Mm -hmm. where like this is a perfect example of why we saw this movie now because i think that's a good time of if you aren't going to go you've obviously hopefully you've already seen doctor sleep and you haven't got any new releases to check out now is a time when you would be looking on like the on-demand services and that to to find out Mm -hmm. what are like the under the radar horror movies that you should check out and this is definitely one of like if you've just got an evening to kill and you want to see something that's Mm -hmm. not heavy in the slightest that will give you some laughs that will give you some gore and has like a little bit of emotional weight to it as well like this is definitely a good one to throw on i think yeah um, and would have been a great like halloween movie as well i think oh yeah if only we'd had it arrive in time <laughs> <laughs> let's start. i'm trying not to end on a bad note <laughs> i tried man i tried no the, the more i think about this movie the more i like it like yeah it's a good movie it man. really is solid it's just <clears throat> good fun like um it's definitely one of the stronger kind of lower budget e movies that we've yeah. seen this year you know and i don't like to throw movies in that category but like it's very difficult you know a movie like freaks just elevated itself so much out of that category yeah. but otherwise you know there is a ceiling because of mm. you know budget limitations and everything else you know we saw it with a movie that we were super hyped about with three from hell like he had so many limitations that he had to work with in that movie yeah. Um, and still made it banging and like and, and this is the same like i don't know what the limitations are on this because i haven't been absorbing it for the last two years but i'm sure there were and it turned out great you know stellar cast brilliant performances just a fun ride from start to finish yeah it didn't feel cheap at all and it's no, like w- when it started and she's obviously going to the house mm. i half expected it to be like okay this is a limited budget movie obviously it's going to have limited locations it's probably all going to be set in this yeah. one house like what ready or not pretty much was and it actually mm. wasn't there was multiple locations some of my favorite parts in fact my favorite sequence of events was when she kind of ended up going to a neighboring house for a little while mm. um and that was when she well that was when like ruby enters the movie um yeah. most like mainly i i loved all of those scenes they were so funny um, Oh, what was that drill man yes that that was like <laughs> such like a, oh, okay this this clearly is from the guys that made the last puppet master or you know like the production company <laughs> I was just like a leftover prop. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I, I was not expecting that when that rocked up. Like yeah. if, if you've seen the movie, uh, you'll know what the hell we're talking about. And if you haven't seen the movie, you'll know the second you see it. <laughs> and it's one of those things of that would be used in a movie. You would just see it and that'd be it. But the fact that they actually used it in an interesting kill made yeah. it even the better, yeah. you know, it was a really cool moment. Um, it's, it's a contender for it uh, in our kills of the year list. Man. <laughs> yeah. It's a contender. We- we're getting there but i'm pretty sure i guess we've already done recommendations at this point like you'd, you'd recommend people check it out obviously oh, it's available yeah, is, yeah. how is this available now it's obviously arrow uk arrow Blu-ray. uk i think it's on demand uk maybe right. through arrow as well I th- i'm pretty sure it's on demand um and yeah. then it's, it's on demand everywhere else worldwide um, right yeah i don't think it's on any of the streaming platforms that i'm aware of um but i'm only really looking at the uk ones if i'm if i'm honest yeah um yeah i mean this is a strong recommend for me i think um this is a great home movie you know this Mm. is one of those that would have had like it's got a pretty sick cover art if you went to the video store back in the day and picked this up for a rental you know you'd you'd have just had a 
brilliant time and it really does remind me of that throwback style mm. um and so yeah th- th- this is a big win go for it yeah i'd, I'd recommend this as well really like it's like you say i think this time of year now we've got sort of mid-november mm. is when you're not going to be getting big tenpole releases for horror anymore yeah. so it's going to be looking at what is some cool if you want to check out something that's pretty new as well um and you want you know you still want to feel like you're getting that new horror but you're obviously gonna to have to have that experience at home as opposed to going somewhere else like yeah definitely i don't know if this is a movie that if it was you know showing i'd be like right rush out and see it on a big screen yeah. but i i liked the, I the smaller experience i had yeah, with this me too um and yeah i would definitely say like rent it at home and support the movie for sure yeah um it's weird, really, because, like, I think ultimately uh, a movie like Doctor Sleep, we will both like more towards mm. the end of the year. But I feel like we've been more praising of this movie just because yeah. it smashed everything it wanted to achieve. You know, it hit it hit its ceiling and did it well. Oh, yeah. And we always talk about it all the time. Like, it's expectations, isn't it? At mm. the end of the day, like, yeah. this was just a movie that was like, oh, OK, I'll throw it on. And, and you know, mm. the, it, I, I don't win or lose regardless of what happens. You know, I want yeah. every movie to be great. But if this movie sucked, it wouldn't have made any difference to me. Whereas, obviously, something like A Doctor Sleep, it's like you have so much will and want for it to yeah. be great. And it was still great, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was but, our yeah. discussion of Satanic Panic. Uh, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back. So yeah we do have a question this week of course you can always hit us up on twitter at shb pod or if you want to send us a longer format email uh send it to super horror bros podcast at gmail.com um this week we have one from kyle um uh, he says uh, i actually enjoy this movie a lot it was mindless fun i guess the only question i have is do you think a tip is worth such the hassle no man i mean <laughs> It does worry, you know, it does make me worry about tipping in future, though. Like, if this is the lens people go to, I might have to tip better. Yeah, well, it's obviously different in this country, isn't it? Like, it, yeah, without getting into a whole... quite different. <laughs> yeah, very different. For people that don't know out the U- outside yeah. of the UK, but it's hard to explain, really. It's not kind of like... That what we i know based culture. upon yeah yeah based upon us it's like they put that into your wages so obviously it genuinely does affect your pay whereas over here it's not really it's like if you get a tip it's great but you're never dependent on tips on any job in this country like you are in the us yeah um, i could bore you with the rules on national minimum wage but let's not let's not do that <laughs> today <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast <laughs> forever subscribers um, just plummet <laughs> Oh, super horror bros oh god um do you want to answer Carl's question <laughs> i guess the answer is no kyle um, no no it's it's i nearly spoiled the end of the movie then <laughs> yeah don't do that yeah it's not worth it kyle uh the lens she went to it's it's not worth it um, no she had because like, obviously that was her reasoning for going back but yeah. she had so many opportunities after that to kind of get away and i feel like at that point she was like do you know what i'm in it at this point and i don't want to let him win so it was very yeah. much just like a battle it wasn't really about the tip anymore <laughs> yeah i mean i can understand you know picking a hill to die on you know we've already yeah. spoke about that on this, this <laughs> show but yeah the, yeah she she chose poorly yeah um i feel like i feel like sam with the with the sofa that's where the tip was coming from like she could have tried harder there oh i don't know like (laughs) the second i saw that i was like okay silence of the lambs vibe let's get the hell out of here yeah Uh, okay yeah maybe that's a different movie yeah because when he was like help me lift my couch i was like don't have the end so you're going into like a broom or a van (laughs) um 
yeah you're right it does have some buffalo bill vibe <laughs> that's that immediately what i thought yeah. i was like I, yeah. I genuinely thought that's what they're going to be the setup of the of the horror movie was and then, nope it was just this little I, like, away i trusted him explicitly because his name was also sam <laughs> it's rule of sam's isn't it yeah we we yeah. obviously keep referencing it but that was a genuinely great gag oh it was brilliant gag. oh it was brilliant like, i genuinely like, yeah. enjoy, like something like that could easily come across as annoying and i loved it each time they brought it each up it was iteration was fantastic yeah yeah it yeah, was cool good stuff um, good but yeah stuff, thanks man. for that one kyle um yeah we do have an email this week from sean actually um who was mostly talking about dr sleep uh, unsurprisingly um obviously he talked about it last week where he's very excited to check it out and mm. he did um and he very much enjoyed it which i'm awesome to see i'm glad you really liked it um kind of i want to sum up his email because he makes some interesting points here mm. because obviously this he goes into a lot so uh, forgive me sean if i kind of summarize this poorly um because you do send a very long email and we do very much appreciate reading it all um but yeah he's basically talking about kind of how do you make this movie obviously mm. being a, a sequel to the shining but being this adaptation of the book and he's basically he was bringing up a lot of the fact that you know ultimately it has to be a sequel to the movie the shining um mm -hmm. because of the fact that that's well more um way more well known and I completely agree with that point. I think I even said that on the show, you know, where yeah. I'm I'm way more of a fan of that movie than I am anything else King. I've said that before. Like, I'm more of a Kubrick fan than I am a King fan, and I am more of a Shine in the Film fan than any other version of any Stephen King Well, story. I think, you know, a long while ago, we were we were asked, like, what is the most, like, what is the best horror movie? Not yeah. what, what is your favourite, but what do you think is one of the all-time best horror movies? And, like, there are a couple, Silence of the Lambs and Shining was what we pretty much narrowed it down to. Wasn't yeah, it? I think that and Texas Chainsaw Massacre like the yeah, three like, where i'm like again others. they're yeah. not my personal favorites no, i love all three of them um yeah. but I'm, I'm not just merely stating my top three but i'm saying if you no, really exactly. look at it critically i genuinely think those are the three major contenders and again from yeah. such different eras which i like as well mm. um but yeah to bring it back to this he was basically saying that and he was saying like of course about the the, the kind of the tv film that i think we discussed as well where yeah you know that was faithful to the novel and no one really cares about it and yeah i, I agree with you sean like i've not seen it i never want to see it like i have zero intentions on seeing mm -hmm. it um, um, and so, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I think he, it was interesting reading your email, Sean, maybe you want to send us a, a, another one as well, but I don't know if you were talking about the reception to the movie in general or our perception of the movie. Um, obviously I don't want to go into spoilers, but, um, I yeah, hope I that it, it didn't come across that I, that was the real, like, I love, I really like this movie a lot as well. I want to say again, yeah. <laughs> um, again, we're not going to make this into a Dr. Sleep episode. Um, so apologies if we're not doing the email justice, but, um. I really liked the movie and my problems with it don't stem from the fact that he had to make a sequel to the shining. Again, I love the shining and I was totally mm. down for a sequel to the shining. I just felt that the way he portrayed that on screen to me anyway, felt slightly amateurish and also it, it lacked restraint are the two major yeah. things that I keep coming back to. I, I, felt you know, like I really like a, a poor sequel to the shining in the parts that it did to try to be a direct sequel to the shining and it was in Dr. some ways i think I we agreed didn't we obviously again without going yeah. into it too much but we yeah. agreed that some he, of the stuff was great the, yeah the, the, he the did it yeah action. exactly oh yeah there were a couple of things it was just it was just ultimately um and again yeah we don't want to re-review the movie but like it's a very rare thing where like um we have knowledge of the novel and everything mm. else but that goes out the window because we're film guys, you know, yeah. I always want to see the film above a book. Um, 
And we spoke about how Nosferatu is such a different TV yeah. show than it is book, and both can be equally as enjoyable. This yeah, movie, my favorite horror novel ever, and they changed yeah. loads, and I loved it. Yeah, and you love the TV show, and like with this, like when he took that one eighty away from the book, I'm down for that. It was just ultimately everything that we'd set up in the first two hours of the movie kind of went in, out of the window in the last twenty five minutes because mm. we ended up getting a direct kind of sequel to the shining at that point which by the time i had two hours of these awesome characters that i don't know whether sean whether you've read the novel or not but like if you were as into the characters and i think he was he mentioned rose didn't yeah he? i think and he was yeah the knot and everything like it just seemed like a, a shame that they went away kind of in in the you know in the background as much as they did um but i really want to see this movie again now because yeah. it's <laughs> it was it was one of those ones where like um I almost felt like we couldn't, I couldn't talk fully about Three from Hell. Like when we did our Three from Hell review, we talked about it, but the in depth spoiler discussion was when I could really unwind on it because I'd seen it three or four times by yeah. then. Because it just felt like a dreamlike experience, more so with Three from Hell. But Doctor Sleep definitely felt that way too. Um, and yeah, it's like I have to see it before year end to know where it ultimately lies. But um, with with Free from Hell, Doctor Sleep, and Us, I couldn't process it the mm, first time. And like yeah. say those other two movies we just spoke about, I've seen three or four times. Mm. I've still only seen Doctor Sleep once. So this is everything I'm saying right now is subject to change because but I've I only think, seen the movie once. You know, with Doctor Sleep, the thing that Sean touched upon was the fact that you have to use the Kubrick um, imagery and everything else, obviously mm. in this movie. But the thing that you touched upon, which is our biggest criticism of it, is the lack of restraint used in the final act. I thought the way it was done up until the final act was handled with so much restraint and it gave us those goosebumps and it gave us those moments. But ultimately, this is a very different story. Mm. And I I thought that he had done the perfect blending of the two worlds and then just didn't quite execute it towards the end. And I think I think that's the bit that we maybe harped on about too much and continue to yeah. do so, but... Um, yeah. You know... Hopefully it, in the future, like, because obviously this will... Spoiler alert, but this will be a movie that we'll be mentioning in our yeah. end of year for, uh, you know, discussions. And hopefully those discussions won't mm. be marred by a... To, to us anyway, and it is just our opinion, but we both, for different reasons, didn't like, you know, stuff in the ending. Um, yeah. But other than that, it's an incredible movie. Like I say, we would, I'm disappointed to see that people aren't going to check this out um, because it is awesome and people should check it out for sure. Definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you very much for that, Sean. And like I say, I'm really glad that you, you enjoyed it as well, like, like what we did. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I can't ooh. wait for him to get into Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah, then. he says uh, he's seen the whole first season of Ash versus Evil Dead and really enjoyed it. Um, so now having all three seasons will be super fun to go through. Yeah, definitely. Mate, definitely... You, you you can't imagine Sean where they go. Like, <laughs> Savor it. Season one is tame. <laughs> I mean, season two is awesome. Like I lo- I love. Oh, sorry, season one is awesome. Like, I love all oh, of yeah. the seasons. Oh yeah, um, but I mean, they some of the some of the stuff. I don't even know how they got it on film. Yeah, like, let, let alone got it passed to be on television and passed to get printed on a blu-ray yeah i i think you'll dig because i know he's a huge 80s horror fan i think you'll yeah. really dig season two because that's when they really start leaning into like right let's really start focusing on bringing back you know and really referencing the previous movies not just having you know ash as a character um so i think you'll really really like that and yeah i adore the last season like and i love the ending so much it's awesome um but yeah, uh, what does he say? He said, I really hope you guys enjoy The Nightingale. I know he that was one that he really, really dug. Um, yeah. 
so yeah i'm i'm that's probably going to be our next movie that we're going to cover um because it's one out there that i'm like wow we really need to check this one out like you say it's not it doesn't look like it's up up our tree um street but we've been you know we've been surprised before Mm. um so fingers crossed on that one uh and then yeah he's gonna watch bliss soon which is another one that we want to i really want to watch bliss yeah Yeah. again another fright fest one (laughs) yeah it's Um, it's one of those where like we're running out of weeks but that's one i really want to try and squeeze in yeah um so yeah he's gonna let us know how that is and he says he loves being our uh u.s correspondent which uh yeah is awesome like i i love we, that we we're... cannot we cannot say that we can't make that thing we do not pay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't pay ourselves um <laughs> but uh yeah no it, like i love that because you know for the oh, show yeah, we we want to we want to have all sorts of avenues of horror and obviously ours is very much focused on the uk point of view and so hearing from someone consistently who's on the on the ground in the us yeah. and gets a different experience you know there are different movies that get cinema releases like he gets to see different stuff on the big screen that we don't oh, we get to see different stuff, stuff at fright fest yeah. um, <clears throat> and different stuff like that and i'd love to hear from other people like because i imagine there are so many regions where you're like you know, you might not even get stuff in in places yeah, in Europe you know, like or Australia. Australia and that yeah, sort of thing, you know, like some of the horror that comes out there, and especially for us, like we we started this show to build a positive horror community, and I feel mm. like that's what we're starting to do. Yeah, um, in a much bigger scale than we ever thought, which is awesome, and we want to just keep growing that. And you know, the way we do that is you guys giving us feedback, and we all interact with each other and and build this community around something that we love. We're all we're making this show and you're watching these movies and listening to the show because we just love horror movies. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so let's enjoy change. them. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So yeah, thank you very much, uh, Sean. Keep up the good work. Um, but yeah, sh- to end us this week, obviously, um, it's something a little bit different. Um, so if you, if you're not into the game and stuff, then thanks for listening as always. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, it's uh, been a while, guys. You know, we yeah, are the super horror bros for a reason. Yeah, and it's not we're not just like, oh yeah, we're just playing random ass video games that have nothing to do with the genre. Because no, this is to me is like one of the biggest genre releases of the year. Um and yeah, my own excitement. I mean, I don't even know how where it can even possibly get into it, but it was the thing I was most excited for in twenty nineteen, um, which is Death well, Stranding is finally yeah. out. You're talking a, it's above three from Hell Hype? I can't it's hard for me to quantify these things. <sighs> But a new Kojima video game is like... Rob Zombie sequel to Devil's Rejects. Yeah, I know. Like, How am I supposed to quantify these things? All right? <laughs> Just let me love them all. Um, okay, we can love them all. But Death yeah, it's Brandon, like... It's arrived. We, you know, we never thought this would even happen. Um, <laughs> kind of loving this man for so many years through uh, a different game series in Metal Gear Solid. But then this being like... He's done other stuff outside of Metal Gear very infrequently. He did a few, you know, in like the 80s We nearly got stuff. a Silent Hill game. Yeah. <laughs> we nearly like, got it. <laughs> That's what's part of me is what I just love about Death Stranding because it's so intrinsically linked with PT and, yeah. you know, obviously Norman Reedus being the main factor. And mm-hmm. I really wonder how much of that game ended up in this, you know, stuff like BTs, for example, like RBTs, yeah, where they're going to be inside. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, we can't even begin to explain what we're talking about right now. So apologies if you don't no, know. I, I think that's the thing. Like we don't talk about video games often and then we yeah. chose the most difficult game, video game in the world to talk about. Yeah. This isn't like, um, our, right. We're going to explain to you what Death Stranding is. Cause we just, well, I can't like, so you, we can't so you turn that. on the game and what happens? <laughs> <laughs> but, it's just a Kojima mad, awesome horror experience. It's, I, it's I one think. of those things when kind of, um, you know, like you went to extreme lengths to play this game as soon as you possibly could. <laughs> and, and it's one of those things where you have to experience it. Like if you're a gamer and you're into horror stuff and you're into weird horror stuff, then you mm. need to give this game a what a, 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 a you know a go yeah. because um, it really like I don't know. I guess I'm probably 
10 or 12 hours into it and yeah. i'm just fascinated like it has the gamification grind of these open world games that um is a different grind to anything else you, you you're basically sam a pizza delivery uh person in a post-apocalyptic <laughs> world and like it's it's odd like when i'm playing he's called the sam game, isn't he as well yeah exactly <laughs> You know, it's the parallels with Satanic Panic. Uh, you know, <laughs> as soon as we find out that BTs are, you know, somewhat to do with Satan, then yeah. the link is real. But, um, <laughs> you know, and when you first start playing the game and you just got this backpack on and you're wobbling all over the place, I thought to myself, Jesus Christ, am I really going to play this for like <laughs> 40 hours? But it just grips you, this mm. kind of, this grind to deliver things. And then as the game unfolds, you just get in this absolute batshit crazy thing and the thing i love about it is it's so kojima in the way that it explains jack shit mm. like they start talking about bts and like we are talking about bts which are these creatures that are you know in the world like you've known them and grown up with them that they've just been a thing like i've just mm. said the word zombie <laughs> and i'm like and we all know what those connotations are they're like oh yeah when the bts came i'm like what 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 what, what now <laughs> and like um the game is called Death Stranding, which for me so far is just kind of that is what the event that has caused this world to be post-apocalyptic was called. It was called mm. like the Death Stranding. And like, I just can't wait to find out how that unravels. Like, yeah, it's just it's one of those things where like for me right now, the, the game has had mixed reviews um, and it can't I can't judge it until I've seen the full package. But I'm just fascinated to see how the journey unwinds, which is exactly what I wanted from this game. Yeah. So far for me, it's been everything I wanted, really. It's the it's the weirdness of a Kojima, and I think that's ultimately something that will always be a tag for him. But I, I always feel like that sells him short because he ends up making really memorable characters, um, some real emotional big moments. Obviously, he's been known for like big action set pieces and stuff, which there isn't too much of that in this game so far. Um, so I'm interested to see if there is that. But I think just the level of like isolation that you have in this game, mm -hmm. and I agree with you. Like I just wanted to, when you first start and you are just walking for ages through these landscapes like i really felt the need like i needed to deliver this stuff to help these people yeah. and i didn't think that that would like attach itself to me in the way that it has um the, the landscape the, is very desolate as well yeah. but i became so familiar with it that i yeah. didn't need to mark it on my map i knew where i needed to go and how i could traverse it to get to where i wanted to go with avoiding danger which was yeah. fun as well like a couple of times i landed myself in the shit and then i learned how to avoid that and there's certain areas which are, you know, hard to get across. So then you adapt and you create, you know, you you literally create bridges and you create ladders and roads. And so as you're progressing through the game, you're making it easier for you and everyone else in that world to get around. And that's what I loved. Um, just the, like to oh, me, I put, up, I put up a sick ladder, bro. Absolutely <laughs> sick. Ladder. I put like uh, a couple of sick bridges where I'm like, oh, I'm so proud of this. Like it's in such yeah. a good like across this big cliff edge where I'm like, that's going to save me so much time. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I just love stuff like that. And I think that um, so far it, it has tied together more cohesively the gameplay and the story than I ever expected. Um, yeah. Where it, it really is like that is what this game is about. And I'm curious if that was always the case because the message of this game is so socially relevant right now. And this game has been in production for a while. And obviously kind of like fractures in society <laughs> um like fractures in society and, and like reconnecting people obviously isn't just like a new concept now but no, especially 
in the kind of political climate both in the uk and in the us like it's so socially relevant right now what this game is about mm. and that's what blows my mind where i'm like wow i can really actually connect to this in terms of like everyone's yeah. just disconnected no one's getting along if we all just work together we could sort out the shit we're in i, I, I like I how it that. kind of adds the commentary as well on like mm. um you you go to like an outpost or whatever they're called distribution center and they're like we don't agree with what you're up to yeah but we need to work together because we're fucked so like we're gonna work with you pool our resources and become stronger because of it even if yeah. we don't agree with your full mindset and i'm like oh imagine just like people working together for a common good like <laughs> yeah. in the world right now wouldn't that be nice yeah like, yeah it's just like a nice message i'm like okay i don't necessarily agree with your politics but you want to do something good and we'll help you do that thing that's good i'm like oh yeah well, we've seen this uh, like it's such a great science fiction i guess not really trope but like when when an alien arrives that's when suddenly all humans realize that oh, okay we're all a human race we all need to get together you know and all these stupid things like politics and race and religion and all this stuff ultimately is not important when there's like a, an alien that's threatening to destroy the universe probably, probably done best in the great movie mars attacks yes absolutely um <laughs> but Jeff so Daniel. like so so again not like it's, he's not, <laughs> <laughs> like obviously this isn't a concept yeah that's new but i just i don't know i i love it and yeah like this to me is when we talk about games on the show it's obviously very infrequent and it's not one that i'd immediately say like man you have to go out and play this because no. there's years you of history need to, you need to be you, a certain sort of person yeah you need to know what like kojima is like and i do like that he put in like a really easy mode in this game because he obviously wants to he's a very for people that don't know like cinematic film director and um i think for me he's the biggest auteur we have in video games ever yeah. um in terms of like a name that's recognizable that has created so many stories and characters um so on that level that to me is why he's number one and i think that the other big game that we're both excited for being the last of us part two mm. i think that's the other game where like i'll always bring up the last of us because for me especially for people listening to the show as horror fans it's it's genre it's horror it's mm. got zombies in it but it is ultimately an emotional story and still in my opinion the best story ever told in a video game yeah um and just in terms of pure storytelling like that is a game that if you play it you will obviously get a better experience but but someone you know you could watch a movie of that on youtube and get a similar experience um yeah. and so i'd love for people to definitely check that out as well because they're like for, for years, that's why they're the two games that we're most excited for yeah exactly for years people have tried to turn video games into movies and mm. uh, you know feature movies but also tried to make a video game that's movie like yeah. um which i've never felt the giant need to they're two different platforms but the last of us is probably my favorite game of all time and it, mm. like i said it definitely is like the best story game and um you know it was just uh you know when that when the second game comes out we'll be talking about it a lot because yeah. my hype levels for that game are where you were at with death stranding yeah well i just i love it so much i'm not i'm about 23 ish hours in and i really am taking my time with it like i've i've really um, limited myself to like yeah, i play you, it for like i play it like a couple of hours and then i just i walk away from it because i'm like yeah. i don't want to just sit here and rinse it because i i've literally waited five years for this game so i'm not going to have it over in a weekend and then i'm going to be sitting twiddling my thumbs waiting for the next kojima game my whole life what, what i enjoy about it is you don't have to just delve into the story like i no. i just i just like to i'm just i'm just gonna do a few deliveries like yeah. i'm gonna help some people out i'm gonna deliver some pizza makes you feel I mean, good I literally delivered a pizza the other day yeah i did as well yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> so, so funny yeah. and like the cameos are 
great as well. Like he scanned so many people into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah. great spotting those so far. Like I don't want to spoil any, but obviously, um, you know, seeing like there's a couple of people you see and you're like, I don't recognize this guy. I wonder if they're famous. And then you see a couple and you're like, Yep, that's a famous film director that Kojima's friend with, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and it's cool to see those in in the game as well. But yeah, I I just cannot wait. It's been a, an amazing experience so far. Um, Good times, man. But yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. Something different to end us on. There's, uh, even though there's like not the big temple sort of horror releases, but there is still plenty of stuff to talk about as always. Um, and so yeah, yeah I guess the Nightingale next week. I think so, man. That's going to be interesting. Um, so, obviously, I'm kind of thinking about Bliss quite a lot now. But yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's still little monsters as well. Like, yeah. There are films, but I feel like The Nightingale is one that we should definitely check out, yeah. especially Sean, Sean has been championing it, and uh, it is a big release with a, you know, a, a name attached to it and stuff, so I definitely want to check that we'll out. We'll do it for Sean. <laughs> yeah. It's on you if we don't like it. Nah, not good. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was You'll episode... You'll stripped of your title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he just won't be allowed to tell us about stuff in the US anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was episode 170 where we talked about satanic panic. Uh, thanks for listening as always. And we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. And through my veins and travels to my head, they said, you'll die soon enough anyway. Shut up. I can't believe because I never could. How could I start that?